and seek. Most people, when they're out and about and they're they're wanting to uh, see particular things, they have to go and see it. You know, you ever hear about the, what is that uh, that new attraction, Noah's Ark? You know, <laughs> you can't see it from here, but you have to go there to see it, right? You, you can't experience it otherwise <laughs> unless you've been there. But John makes a revealing statement in the Word of God. He says, Behold the Lamb of God, in verse 30, uh, John 1, 36. But if you got your Bibles with you, I want you to do this with me. If you will turn to uh, John uh, chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 35. John chapter 1 and verse 35. Again, the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the, and the two disciples heard him speak and followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, Where dwellest thou? And he said unto them these words, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and they abode with him that day about the, about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Caiaphas, which being interpreted a stone. Now, isn't that pretty phenomenal? Jesus gives these names. He knows people the minute he sees them. You know, it's kind of like each of you. Jesus knows each one of you. He knew you before you were even born. And so Jesus already even knew what your name was going to be called when you were placed upon the earth. Isn't that awesome to know that Jesus knew all that intricate detail about you? Matter of fact, he knew all the things that were going to take place in your life all along the way. And he kept you. In his arms. He kept you in the hollows of his head and protected you. But we see here two of John's disciples leave following the Lamb. They were curious. How many have ever found something that kind of intrigued you and you became curious about it? So you had to either read more about it or you had to think. I was one of those kids who liked to tear things apart <laughs> to see how they worked. You know, the only bad thing about that was I never always could get it back together just right. There was always seemed to be one piece left over or two pieces left over. And I'm like, well, they must not have mattered anyway because they wouldn't go back in the way they came out. So, hey, who needs them? <laughs> but to make something work, everything has to be put together just right. And Jesus does that 
even in our own lives. Jesus has intricately made us. He's formed us like clay. He's, he's, he's caused us to be more like him. But Jesus has a question for these two curious disciples. He says, what seek ye? And Andrew's friend called him rabbi, meaning master. They wanted to know where he lived. So they went and they stayed with him about the 10th hour of the day, being about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. They were out in the open field. They were out in the open. <clears throat> but I love the invitation that, that the Lord gives to us here in this verse 39 when he said to them, come and see. Come and see. You see, verses 38 and 39 tell me, come and see and trust him. You see, it, it's not enough to just to know the Lord and who he is and what he does and what he's done, but it's to trust him. It's to put your, your, your beliefs on him, to put your faith in him, to trust that he will do the best thing for you. Let me ask you a question. How many in the room could say this morning that the Lord has done something bad in your life? No, I don't see any hands. I'll wait a couple of minutes just in case you think of something. You know, because it takes me a few minutes to process things. No, the Lord hasn't done anything bad in our life. He's always done great things. John's statement has pointed the way. They know now that Jesus is the prophesied one. This is why they followed him. Remember, John said, what? Behold the Lamb of God. So they, he is introducing him as the Son of God. This is why they wanted to know more about him. I know when I want to know more about something, I try to find as much information as I can, and I read it, and I try to study it, and try to adjust it so that I can know everything I need to know about some particular thing. But when it comes to the Word of God, I simply pick up the Word of God and I begin to read. I begin to read it, and when I begin to read, before I read Word 1, I, I, I take a moment and talk to the Lord, and I ask the Lord, please help me to understand that which I am about to read. Help, help me, Lord Jesus, to understand it, but not just understand it, but bring clarity to my mind. So that I can become more like you. So that I can so that I can do the right things that are holy and just before the Lord Jesus. That I would not bring any shame or embarrassment to the name of Jesus. Now we all know. Take, I, this is a this is gonna be the painful part of the message. So everybody go like this, if you will, just go like that. Can you go? There you go. And then and then just place it on your other arm and just give yourself a pinch. And see when you say ow, then you know guess what? That tells me one thing. You're human. And human people have this little flaw. I know you don't want to hear this this morning, but I have the same problem. There are times in our life where we will stumble and fall. Matter of fact, the Word of God says there are none righteous, not none. None of us are perfect because we're mere human. We're, we're human. We're, we're, we were born into sin, but through the cross we have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We have become born-again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, because you're a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, all of you are perfect now. <laughs> no. Why? Because we still stumble. We still fall. When a test, when you get up in the morning without your shoes on, go around the corner of the bedpost of your bed and stub your toe on it. <laughs> You'll realize how human you really are. I've done that a few times. Bella has this little bed at the end of our bed. She doesn't want to get up on the bed, but she wants to be really close to the bed. So we got this little box and we put it on the end of the bed. We put these little blankets on, little doggy blankets and stuff. And she likes to sleep on those. And so we put it at the end of the bed. My wife said, great idea. She said, let's put it right here. I said, this is not a good idea. <laughs> she said, why? I said, because you don't have to walk around the bed to get to the restroom. I do. And see, so when I come around, that means I'm going to be in between that little box and guess what? The dresser. <laughs> and so guess what? I'm not going to see that little bed that little Bella has there that makes her all nice and happy at night when she goes to sleep. So I've stubbed my toe on that a few times. It's not there anymore. <laughs> the, 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 the manufacturers have come up with this great idea, diapers for dogs. <laughs> so we put this diaper on her. And then I put this cloth diaper that goes over that so she can sleep wherever she wants to sleep. Doesn't bother me because I know if she gets on the bed, it's not going to get wet on. I don't know that she would, but you know what? Who wants to take the chance? Right. I mean, you know how angry my wife might get if I had to wake her up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, the dog went to bed, you got to clean the sheets and everything. I don't think she'd be very happy with me. No. So they came up with this little thing, and so now Bella, she sleeps at the very end of the bed. Where her bed used to be, she sleeps right at the end. She's so happy with that little spot. She has a little blanket that looks like a little bird's nest, and she lays right and she curls up, and she's, she's gone for the night. <laughs> and you know she's really gone when you wake up and she's got all four legs sticking straight up. <laughs> you know she's really asleep. But see, church, we all have imperfections in our life. But Jesus says, I can take care of those imperfections. I can meet those imperfections. I can straighten out those imperfections. And how does he do that? He does that through the word of God. He does that by showing us how to live. God always is, is, is looking to help us in every way possible. Matter of fact, God always has key people to point others to the Lamb of God. He uses you in these ways. Look at the Philip and the, and the Ethiopian eunuch. There in the Acts chapter 8, verse 26 and 20. Remember? He was reading, but he didn't understand what he was reading. And so the Lord sent Philip to the eunuch so that he could understand what he was reading. He helped him to understand the words of God that he was reading. And, and he was able to... To, to understand then what the, who the Lord was. And then when you begin to look at Peter and, and, and Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, you know, Cornelius, he was, he was one of those uh, Roman guards of the Italian bands. He even had Italians in the Bible. I'm glad Virginia's not in here. She would have said, see, I told you, honey, we were there. <laughs> but what was unique about him? 
The word of God said he was a devout man, one who feared God with his whole house. He gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. What was the purpose of the Roman guards? To keep people away from the gospel. And here he is driving people to the gospel. Showing them that what it is to be a, a person who cares. If I was to ask you a question this morning, who's responsible for bringing you here today? What would your answer be? Maybe it was a praying mother or a praying father, an aunt or an uncle. Maybe a grandparent or perhaps a pastor. Somebody who's prayed for you to, to allow your heart to be changed. See, Jesus, Jesus is our Savior and we trust him. No one can save you but Jesus. Amen. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, not the Dalai Lama. Not any other person can make the clinton because none of them gave their life for you. Right. None of them surrendered their life for your transgressions, took, their, took all of your sins upon themselves. Only Jesus did that. Right. And so therefore, when you call upon the name of the Lord, ye shall be what? saved. So we call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Like the psalmist, you'll find all you need in him. Matter of fact, Psalms 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who what? Trust in him. It all comes down to this. It comes down to who do you trust? I love on our money, it still says what? In God we trust. In God we trust. In God we trust. There are many mottos around the country, in, in, in city places. In God we trust. But you, the way they run the county, you wouldn't think that's true. <laughs> the way they run the government, you'd say that was not true. See, taste and see doesn't mean check out God's credentials. Instead, it's a warm invitation. Try this. I know you'll like it. Remember the, the commercial? Mikey's commercial? Yeah. Mikey likes it? <laughs> so it must be good, right? Yeah. I never liked that cereal. <laughs> it's not healthy. It didn't have enough sugar on it. <laughs> didn't make your milk taste good. <laughs> You see, now if it, if it had been a donut, you might have had my heart right then. I probably would have said, yeah, Mikey likes it. That's a good thing. It's a donut. It's got plenty of sugar on it. When we take the first step to obedience and following God, we will discover he is good and kind. When we begin the, when we begin the Christian life, our knowledge of God is, is, is partial. It's incomplete but the more we trust him every day the more we experience him every day the more we learn to trust him you see when you enter into a relationship you enter into a relationship building trust one with another to where you where you would trust what the person is saying or what the person is doing 
It's like when I tell Virginia we're going to do something, she goes, ah, I don't know if that's a good idea. I said, don't you trust me? She said, you, I trust. It's the decision you're making, not so much. <laughs> but see, with Jesus, it's all or none. Come and see, and you will stay. What did the disciples say? They came, and they abode with him that day. They said unto him, he said unto them, come and see. How sweet the hours are in our Christian life when we can spend them with Jesus. How sweet the time is. We don't want to leave. When we get into his presence, we just don't want to leave that, that, that comfort zone of where we are. Every day with Jesus, as we know, as that song says, is sweeter than the day before. You know, I, I like spending time with Jesus. I think that we as the body of Christ, the reason why we're, we're falling short a lot of times is because we're not spending enough time with him. We're trying to handle the challenges of the world. We're trying to handle the challenges of our own life by ourselves, without him. Without letting him help. How many like help once in a while? I say, I like help once in a while. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be just dead honest with you. The girls had a a birthday this week, yesterday actually. My daughter, and she calls me and says, Dad, uh, what are we doing for dinner? Oops. <laughs> I know what we'll do. We'll make Mom's favorite dish. So I went out and I, I bought the salami, the kabakal, and the ham, and the provolone. And, and, and the, the community olives and the, the little bell peppers and, and, and the romaine lettuce and, and all of this stuff. And the, what are the little peppers called? Uh, cherry peppers and the roasted red peppers and the roasted artichoke hearts. And I went, got all this stuff and I brought it all home. And, and I got out five bowls and I set them in a circle. And I opened the bag of lettuce and and I made these antipasta salads. So we had these big antipasta salads for dinner. My son-in-law looks over to me and he says, man, this is a great salad. I can't wait to see what's for dinner. <laughs> I said, that is your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I love my wife so much that I know that's her favorite dish. So that's what I mean. And you know what? I said, this was the easiest birthday dinner I ever had to do. Mm -hmm. I like easy birthday dinners. If she'd asked for spaghetti and meat sauce, we'd have been in deep trouble. Because <laughs> I am not a person who can cook the sauce. Open the jar and pour it out. But what makes but what makes your life what makes your life so special? What makes your life so special that you're willing to to just yield it to someone you've never met? You see, our life is special because we are created in the image of Jesus. That's what makes your life so special. That's why you learn to trust in Him. That's why you learn to give your life over to Him.
you trust in Jesus, you will never, ever wonder if you wasted any time in your life. Because all the time that you have spent with Jesus is, is, is time well spent. Like Paul, you'll count all things but lost for Christ. He tells us this in Philippians 3. But what things we gain to me are those things counted lost for Christ? Yea, doubtless. And I count all things but lost for the excellency of knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. For whom I am, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I do not count it but them, but I may win Christ. Church, that's what that, that should be our heart's desire. Our desire should be to, to count all things for loss for Christ. We should, we should want to be, know more about him every day. You see, when you come and see, you will find that you will be showing others the way. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the only one on that road traveling northward to, to heaven. You know, narrow is the road that leads to eternal life and only a few are traveling it. I want to take a whole bunch of people with me. Andrew couldn't keep this news to himself. So what does he do? He goes and he finds his brother. Look, we have found the, the Messiah. I want you to come and see. He went to his brother. He found him. News about Jesus Christ is not news that should be kept to ourselves. It's news that we should share with everybody that we come in contact with. Think back, if you will, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years, maybe. Some of you maybe 60 or 70 years. Who brought you to Christ? Who brought you to Jesus? You see, when you think about the person who brought you to Jesus, you then begin to think about, they loved me so much that they were willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with me. That I would become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I think all of us in this church should become an Andrew. We should, we, we, we should want to tell others about our Savior. We should want to share who Jesus is with others. Faith in Christ must be firsthand. You can't trust you can't see God, you can't see Jesus, but you trust him. And you do that by faith. Faith is believing in the things what you can't see. Jesus is all that we need. I know there are people out there all over the world that are telling you, you need this and you need that. And, and you, if you had this, if you had that, things would be much better. But I'm telling you, if you only have Jesus, Jesus is all you'll ever need. There are people all over the world thinking they have to have possessions in order to gain or to have everything that they need to maintain their life. But I'm telling you, if you have Jesus, Jesus will be the provider of everything that you need. He will bring forth everything that you need in your life. Why do you think Jesus said in those words, come and see? 
come and see. See, a lot of people want to come and be safe. They want to, they want to come to Jesus because then they, they're in the safe zone. And there is safety in Jesus. There is safety in the Lord. But, but it's more than that. It's the faith to get into the believing mode, knowing that he can do all the things that he has said throughout the word of God that you can believe in, that you can trust in, and that you begin to lean your life upon. We're in a world today, they don't want to come and see. They don't want to see. They don't want to see that they're living in a life of sin. They don't want to see that their life is turned upside down, that they're living and being tormented. They think they can fix it all by themselves. But I'm telling you, you can't fix your own life. Only Jesus can fix what's broken in your life. I hear a lot on the news today they're talking a lot about because of this pandemic they need more um, psychiatrists to help people deal with depression. I thought all you need is the word of God. That'll take you right out of depression. The word of God can lift you. It It can spiritually motivate you into a mode of happiness. I know I can't see all your happy faces right now because they're covered up. But I see all the beautiful smiles across the room. Rose's beautiful smile. And the Ella Bells. Miss Rosemary. See, all of you got beautiful smiles. Even Dora. That's what laughing back here. <laughs> see, I see all the smiles. Why? Because you have the joy of the Lord. Amen. And the joy of the Lord brings instant smiles, even, even, even to the point of, of uh, I lost my thought there. So, senior moments are starting to creep up on me. I felt the breeze even, it went by so fast. You see, when we have the joy of the Lord, it brings, it brings about a peace. A tranquility, if you will, in your life. Because you have learned to place your trust and your faith in Him. And because you've learned to do that, you can have that peace unspeakable and full of glory. You can have that joy that that just radiates from you over and over and over again. I love it when I can get up in the morning and I can just be going about getting ready and trying to be as quiet as I can, just saying the word Jesus, 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 over and over and over again. Bella hears me say it so much, I'm thinking one day she's going to say Jesus. (laughs) You never know, I hear dogs talk. But I'm telling you, church, where are you today in your walk with him? Would you invite him into your home today if he was to show up? If he showed up at your door right after church and he knocked on your door to come in, would you open the door and let him in or would you say, oh, wait a minute, i got to clean up the house first, i got to straighten things up? Nope. 
Wait a minute, you don't want to come in here? You know, there are things in my home I don't want you to see. There are people like that. There are Christians that, that live like that. They'll, they'll, they'll be loved. They love to be with Jesus when they're in the presence of the church and in the presence of the body of Christ. They love to be in that, that atmosphere where Jesus is right there hovering. But when Jesus comes to your house, well, we put up a wall. Because there are things in our home that we wouldn't want Jesus to see. The church, Jesus has already saw it. Right. Jesus has already saw it. And that's why we have to come and see that he is good. Come and see that you can trust. Come and see that he is a holy God. Church, that's the kind of Jesus that we want to see. And that's the kind of person Jesus wants to see in us. Come and see and know that he is good. Father, I thank you this morning for your work. I thank you, Lord Jesus, this morning that you, we can come and see and that, Jesus, you are all that we need. 